This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. Krista, how are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. We're in a place we've never been before. We are, and it's outside of the exchange. I know. Oh, oh. High five. High five. Right. <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> we made it up, but I can't believe it. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was good while we were there, but it's nice to be elsewhere. I know, it is. Yeah. Preservation Hall is where we are. 655 Empress. We're with Melanie and Tristan Foucault. Did I pronounce that last name right? Yep. Oh, wow, I thought I was going to get that wrong. How are you guys? Doing good. Tristan, we met years ago, way back, when you were at... Peasant Cookery. And we had drinks. We talked about a little bit about your history. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a long, long resume when it comes to cooking. So maybe we'll start with that. We'll, we'll start with the very beginning, your interest in cooking, how it started. Um, I think probably my mom. Um, we were latchkey kids. So we actually used to do the prep. Um, and then when I turned 15, I got my first kitchen job at the keg. And uh, that was the start. Hang on. So you started, your mom was cooking and the kids would do the prep work for her. Yeah. Willingly? Or did she want you guys to do it? Well, she'd want us to, but it was kind of fun too. Yeah? yeah. Wow. I don't think that happens anymore. No. <laughs> no, no, my house. My mom would ask for it. I'd be like, um, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't get my kids into it very much. Even though I employ one of my sons right now. What does he do? Uh, he's a host right now. Oh, nice. How old is he? Uh, 18. Oh. He worked yeah, I... for me at Peasant for a couple of years during the summers as a dishwasher. That's but, awesome. Uh, he wanted to go to the front of the house. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, when you're 18, you want to be seen, right? <laughs> and you want to see. Exactly right. <laughs> okay, so your first job was a keg. What did you do there, your first gig? Um, I was a busser, a dishwasher, a busser, and then I became a cook. Was that the whole intent when you took the job, or was it just part-time cash? Um, no, it was just a part-time job to have during high school. At what point did you realize this may be a thing that you wanted to do? Um, I think after university. Um, started cooking again and just really fell in love with it and then went to school out in Vancouver. First career type job was what? Like, I know you got a lot of experience along the way. Let's talk about the actual, uh, the actual path to when you were becoming a chef. Um, probably when I did decide to go to cooking school. Yeah, I worked at Four Seasons and the Crocodile in Vancouver. Um, and then I flew back to see my mom and I got offered a couple jobs here. Yep. And my wife and I at the time were looking at having kids and Vancouver is so unaffordable. Oh, it's crazy. So ended up getting paid more to move back. So we, <laughs> we came back. Wow. And what was the Winnipeg food scene like compared to the Vancouver scene? Less cutthroat. But I just noticed out there, though, we'd see restaurants change hands two, three times in a year. Sure. Um, and even the restaurants that were established, it was, it was pretty cutthroat. Um, and when I moved back here, I worked at Green Gates, which was a lot more lax. You know, the scene wasn't like that there. What about the, the, the actual food itself? Like the, 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 style. Not, the style of the food? Uh, Green Gates had its definite own style. Um, we didn't have the diversity that we had in Vancouver. But no, it, it was nice and relaxing to come back. Um, there you always felt like you were really tense in your job because it was so cutthroat. Okay, so we you used to work at uh, Who's On First? I opened Who's, yeah. Um, peasant Cookery, obviously. I, yeah, it was We Bistro first, right, gotcha. and then we did the Rhino and uh, became Peasant Cookery. What were, you, what were you known for at the Peasant Cookery? Um, probably charcuterie, mostly. And tortilla. 
And tortilla? At tortilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, his recipe was featured in Winnipeg Cook's cookbook. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. While he was at Peasant. This guy's too modest. He's not going to tell us that. <laughs> yeah, I just cooked a couple things. <laughs> hung out. Took a check. <laughs> oh, but I think that charcuterie is one of the big ones. Uh, no one was really doing it. Right. And we went in and did it full bore. And, you know, did the science, knew all that. Signed off with the government to do it. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. There's a picture when we first met way back. It's actually a kick-ass picture of you standing there. With, with the head of... Oh, the pig heads. The pig head. How did that come about? I know you did a lot of butchery. In, in that, uh, yeah, I, I, we do butcher all our own animals. Yeah. Um, especially at uh, Peasant, we get the whole... Well, we still get the whole animals here. And uh, we actually use the heads. Um, we cure them and cook them for 72 hours, and then you slice it super thin, they're great. Um, that just happened to be a day that we were butchering the whole animals, and the photographers saw them in the kitchen and were like, Hey. <laughs> Pick that up, man. Stand over there. So it was like any day for you, but we, it was We yeah. got a little slack on our uh, answering machine for it, but... Oh. Did you really? Yeah, we had one woman just, oh, just so disgusted, thought it was a prop kind of thing. And it's just like, no, we use the animal, the whole thing. Right. Have you seen that picture? I have not, but I'll, I will I'll look for it. it. Okay. It's actually awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Right. So let's talk about where we are. First, how did you two meet? Like, you guys work together. I asked him before you actually sat down, Mm -hmm. what's it like working together with your better half? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Well, we we met at Peasant Cookery. Um, I was born and raised in Winnipeg, but I moved away for 10 years. Um, And uh, when I came back home to Winnipeg, I didn't know the the culinary scene um, here um, because I'd been gone for so long. Um, My parents actually recommended Peasant Cookery as a a place to apply at, and uh, that was the best decision I ever made. Um, met Tristan, um, uh, working there. I uh, fell in love, and uh, four years later, here we are. <laughs> Did you fall in love with the food first or him first? <laughs> he, t- he took my breath away the moment I saw him. <laughs> good answer, good answer. Very good. <laughs> all right, so how did you guys make the move to our new place, Preservation Hall? First of all, the name. Where does it come from? Um... Well, uh, it really is in line with uh, Tristan's style of cooking. Um, Like you said, he was one of um, the first chefs in the city to make charcuterie in-house, which is dry cured meat. Um, He also does all of his own pickling, which is, um, you know, um, uh, preserved um, uh, Mm -hmm. vegetables. Sorry. So dry cured meat, which is preserved meats, right? And so it's... A lot of his cooking goes with that preservation theme. Um, both Tristan and I, um, at different points in our lives, but we've been both uh, visited New Orleans, absolutely loved the city, fell in love with it. Um, the jazz and, and the, the very famous venue uh, down there, Preservation Hall and the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. And uh, when we were discussing, um, after we got married, making a move to owning our own restaurant, uh, we thought what a great name it would be um, to, to honor that wonderful city and also, um, you know, pay respect to his style of cooking as well. Nice. Okay, so why now? You guys have been in the in the food industry for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you've worked for, you know, and, and owned other restaurants, you know, part owner in other restaurants. What made you decide to make the move to do it now? <laughs> well, it was quite a while ago that we decided to do it. Yeah. Um, it was basically shortly after we got married. Uh, we started scouting locations, I think, at the end of last July, last August. Uh, we got married on Bastille Day, which is July 14th. So it was very shortly after we got married. Um, and we've been talking about, um, you know, pursuing the dream of owning a restaurant together. At one point, we were looking at, you know, because Tristan was a part owner of Peasant Cookery, um, you know, perhaps, you know, seeing if we could buy out uh, the other shareholders. And, and it just wasn't economically feasible for us at that time. <laughs> time 
Um, so we started looking at other options and scouting different locations and what size of restaurant did we want to have. And uh, Tristan um, had some contacts with some uh, real estate agents that um, put us in contact uh, with Dino um, uh, from Shindico. And uh, he first showed us this property, I think it was the beginning of last August. Um, so yeah, it was uh, sort of just a transition from, okay, now, now what can we build together as a, as a couple? Nice. Um, what style of food are we making here? Uh, it's still predominantly French. Um, when we opened Peasant Cookery, we really focused on having very affordable food um, because wheat was a little bit more expensive. So I think I've kind of blended those two together. Um, you can come here and spend, you know, $18 on the main course, or you can come spend $35, $40 on a main course. Um, yeah, so the style has always been the same for me. Um, Farm to table, French inspired. Yeah. And so the, the, the location itself, people would be familiar because it's the former Barley Brothers yes. location. Originally Kelsey's, yes. Oh, and of oh, course. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, yes. even longer ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, it was sitting empty for quite some time. Three years. And then you guys found the location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that... Well, we saw, we saw a lot of places, and every place that we saw were, like, really small kitchens, and I didn't want that. Um, but you're, you're living in there, like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where you're going to be living. So. Yeah, and a lot of the places, like, some of the kitchens were so small, I don't even know how you could produce food out of there. There was one where the dishwasher station was basically a closet. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? I, yeah. I can't imagine anyone wanting to work there. Some, one was, the restaurant was in, or the kitchen was in the basement. Yeah. Wow. Which doesn't No feel wheelchair like. access. Yeah. And then when we came here, you know, it's it was really, really dark and gloomy. And we've got a great designer that uh, just really brightened up the place. And the line in there, I could have eight people online in there if I wanted to. Which is gravy. When you're looking for a place, is it hard? Just like when you're looking for a house, you know, and it's not what you want it to be, is it hard to picture what you want it to be and actually taking the place? Uh, not for myself personally. Um, I saw that it had uh, good structure, good bones to it, and uh, I have a vivid imagination, so I, I saw the potential right away. I think Tristan took a little bit more convincing, but as soon as he walked through the kitchen and saw um, the space that he would have, um, which we did not have at present, um, I think that was a, a big seller for him. Well, and it's surprising to hear you say that it felt dark in here because we're surrounded by windows, and it's, it's, so it's, it's nice and bright and fresh and open. Every, so. Everything was dark brown. Um, so from the wainscoting at the top to the bottom, um, uh, that was all dark brown. Uh, the booths and banquettes were dark brown. The tables dark brown. The uh, wood chairs with dark brown seats, um, dark wood everywhere. Okay. Um, so definitely did a, a lot of painting and, and trying to transform the space. Wow. How, how is this restaurant similar to other ones you've worked at, and how is it different from ones that you've worked at? Like, I'm sure with all the places you worked, and now you're making your own, you're taking yeah, all the good from I think that's the biggest difference, though, is uh, I don't answer to anyone anymore, except for her. <laughs> <laughs> I literally going to go, oh, yeah. You <laughs> but no, it's a different kind of freedom. Um, it's nice to know that you can, you know, plot a course and go with that and not have other people involved and stuff like that. Is that scary, too, at the same time? During a pandemic, yes. Um, it might have been very different, I think, if this wasn't going on. But uh, it is. So, in speaking of pandemic, when did you open? When did you guys open your doors? June 26th. 
Wow. wow. Right, right in the heart of it. Right when the government said we could open restaurants. Well, it technically was phase three, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we wanted to make sure that it was safe to do so, right, and that um, things weren't going to get shut down again, um, you know, before our opening, um, just because we have a responsibility to the the twenty six uh, full and part time staff that we employ, and uh, we wanted to make sure that we could open and open successfully. Were you employing twenty six staff when you opened that day, or did uh, you slowly, gradually get up to that present we, day? We pretty much started off with that number. There have been a couple. We've lost um, a couple because yeah. we only open five days a week now. Originally, we were going to do seven. Right. Yeah. And then, especially kitchen-wise, it's easier to have five full-time people back there. Mm-hmm. And we all work the same week. Um, so that's made it a little bit easier on us. So what days are you open? We're closed Sunday, Monday. It's closed Sunday, Tuesday, Monday. Okay. Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. Wow. Crazy. And you're open for lunch and dinner mm-hmm. on all five days. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, hopefully when we, it gets to the point where our guest demands it, uh, we'll be opening six days, then seven days a week. But uh, for right now, I uh, want to make sure that we're focusing on doing what we do well on the days that we are open. Let's talk a little bit about the lunch menu first. I'm going to call out a few things, <laughs> and you tell me what they're about. I feel like I'm almost quizzing you. It's nice. <laughs> you know? What's the most popular thing on your menu? At lunch? At lunchtime. I'm a burger guy, and I, my eyes go to the Smash Burger and the grilled pork burger yeah. right away. Yeah. It's terrible. I really got to stop eating burgers, but I can't The Smash Burger actually has become one of the favorites at lunch. That and the pickerel sandwich. And what is a smashed burger? It's basically a burger, two burgers that you put on a grill, and you squish them until they're completely flat, and they get nice and crispy on top. Ooh, that sounds good. And then you melt processed cheese. First time I've ever used processed cheese in one of my restaurants. It has to be, though. <laughs> but it, ha- it has to be. How come? How come it has to be? It just, nothing else melts like it. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then we get these great potato buns from the States, and uh, yeah, it's just a classic. Melts in your mouth, mm, truly. Sounds good. What about the pickle sandwich? We sell a lot of those. Um, we get our pickerel from a fisherman way up north, and it's just a phenomenal fish, so it sells very well. What about the appetizer, the buffalo sweetbread? What is that? Uh, yeah, it's sweetbreads, which are thalamus glands. Mm-hmm. Um, Classic combination, um, you know, where you have your, you know, like, let's say like with buffalo wings and you have your blue cheese dressing and celery sticks. It's very similar kind of flavors, um, but definitely elevated in a slightly different way. Okay, so one, one thing, I'm, I'm not a chef. I love to eat. There's a lot of things on this menu. How do you narrow it down? Like, obviously, you got a lot of things in your head. How do you come up with all this? How long does it take you to come up with it? Like, the, there's two menus. <laughs> it takes, takes a while. You know? uh, it takes a while. Well, just when, especially with the pandemic, everybody was just at home. Right. And every day, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to get this on and get it done. And then just, you know, we picked ones here and there. We ended up having, I get a big binder and I just start writing. And then we start narrowing it down from there. And then, you know, you'd have things were just sides and then see where they would plug in and fix, mix. We also got feedback from people that we trust and love um, uh, from family. Um, Tristan's mother was um, a huge resource as far as bouncing ideas off of um, Tristan's sister. I think he started off with a list of about 200 different uh, menu ideas, and uh, they sort of listed all the things that excited them the most or that they were most interested in, and we sort of cross-referenced and see where there was overlap, and and that definitely helped with uh, kind of seeing what other people, the general public, might be interested in as well. What's that like relationship-wise? The woman who had you preparing her apps, 
now weighing in on the things that you are making professionally. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I, I don't know if I'd make that one. I, I change that this way. Like, uh, she's not too pushy about that. No, <laughs> she, she understands that's mostly my my position. Was this her style of cooking? Like, did, like torche? No, was that a family? No, no, she she learned a lot being with me. Cauliflower steak. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just reading off things that are completely foreign to me. Right? Like um, the, the, we did the combination. Cauliflower is very foreign to him. It's it, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> we did make a concerted effort here to have stuff for vegans and vegetarians. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not usually known for that stuff, but uh, we decided to be a little bit more inclusive here. Uh, our, our plant-based board um, has been a wonderful addition to um, his charcuterie um, because I think that a lot of vegans and vegetarians feel like they're missing out on some of these beautifully done, designed boards. Whereas, you know, with that, it's been very well received, has amazing flavors on it. Um, and it's with a shift in um, uh, eating habits and a move to, you know, less, less meat or, um, you know, alternating consumption of meat with um, non-meat um, entrees and, and that sort of thing. I think a lot of people are really appreciative of it. 100%, especially since you're known as the meat guy. You know what I mean? The guy who works miracles with meat and now all of a sudden you're making miracles with something that is for vegans and vegetarians, right? Yep. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, okay, so you know, in wrapping up, let's remind people how they can get a hold of you guys. Uh, your social media, phone number, whatever you want to give. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can contact us um, either uh, through calling us at 204-783-2386. If they would like to contact us through email, uh, our email address is info at preservationhall.ca. Our website, www.preservationhall.ca. Uh, we can also be found on Facebook and on Instagram. Wow, she didn't have that down packed at no. all. Wow. <laughs> Some people will be like, hey, what's your phone number? I don't know. I got I to go, go look for it. Hang on one second. You guys, we appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down with us. Much appreciated. Thanks. I'm Kevin Bergen. I'm Krista Hall. We're at Preservation Hall. I know. The name <laughs> sticks with me for sure. <laughs> That's why you contacted them. I'm going to contact these guys. <laughs> They're at 655 Empress. This is the main ingredient. On 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.